Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Leadership Lounge podcast. Um, we are powered by TDL and our aim is to add value to our future leaders and we're building a community of like-minded people and my aim is to bring amazing people with amazing stories and experts in their field to you every Wednesday at 6am. So if you haven't already, make sure you hit subscribe on the YouTube channel, make sure you hit follow on your podcast provider and as ever, I'd love to hear your takeaways from each one of our guests. They're all different and they're all unique and it gives me a little bit of a capture into your leadership journey and where you're at as well. So today we're speaking to Casey. How are you? I'm really good. Thanks, Stuart. Yes. I'm really excited about this because um, we've only recently met online. Um, it sounds, it makes me think about online dating all the time when I say about we met online. I think we're still in that, my mentality of that, but we're in a new generation now and we can do things like that. So we met on LinkedIn through ex-military and networking, which is great and it's great to build that community i know you're very much involved in that as well um but we're gonna have a great conversation about your leadership journey and some of the things that have come up as well so as i hit the 20 minute timer uh, casey if you just introduce yourself for the people who don't know who you are and tell us a little bit about who you are where you are and, and what you get up to so i am a coach and i work within two main areas one is leadership uh, hence we are speaking today and the other is around finding your values and finding your path so that often stems with career change but it doesn't have to necessarily do that um, and I've been on my own journey of trying to leave the military and I say trying to leave the military because it wasn't necessarily an easy thing to do um, and a lot of people I think will resonate with this whether they have had a military career or any other career mm. especially one where you have invested in that for a long time perhaps you've trained and qualified to be that profession and there's that sunk cost fallacy of like I've invested so much time so much energy I've worked my way up I've got promotion prospects I've got a good income but something's just not sitting right mm. um and so that's the journey I've been on to sort of go through that, work it out and, and now help other people make that decision and make that transition. Um, so there's that two, two strands, because even though that's career change, I also work with leaders because at the premise of everything, I believe all of it starts with the relationship you have with yourself. Mm. Uh, and so that's how the two of them kind of link together, I guess. I love that. And I'm going to share a quick, we, we were just chatting before we jumped on. And, and I nearly went into, so tell me about your military career. And, and we could have just carried on talking. And I know this has happened before with previous guests. And I was like, oh, we should have recorded that. So I'm going into this quite blind. So tell me a little bit about your military career. What you said about the the investment of time. So how long were you in? What did you do? What was your, how did leadership show up in that phase of your life within the military? So that's really interesting because when I went to join the army, I wanted to do it because I wanted to challenge myself as a leader and also work with people and have gen general challenge, like the military spells challenge to you, doesn't it? An adventure. Um, so I went through training and out the other end of it, you choose where you would like to serve. And I actually applied to be a pilot and I was successful. And I did about six months of flying training before I realized, hang on a minute, I joined to work with people. I really enjoy working with people. And although being an officer pilot does have an element of that, it doesn't come until a lot later on. 
I'm going to have to do four years of training, six years returns of return of service. And when am I actually going to work with people in this time? I'm, I'm really going to be focused on flying an aircraft. Hang on, this doesn't sit right with me, which links back to, you know, what I do anyway with people is having them work out what their values are and what they yeah. actually enjoy. So I very quickly decided not to fly, which was very confusing for a lot of people that I told. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, that, I love that. I love yeah. that perspective. What oh, do you mean? On. You don't want to fly. And <laughs> you're trying to tell this to pilots who, you know, that's what they want to do. That's their passion. That's their um the thing that they're really, really striving towards. And I, kudos because it's a really hard thing to do. But I just knew it wasn't for me. Um, so I moved to platoon command, which is what a lot of officers will do in their first job, which is the first exposure of leading people. people. Yeah. And boy, are you thrown in at the deep end. Um, but learned a lot, learned about humility, getting things wrong, learned about actually, even if it's not directly your fault, it's your responsibility. And that mm -hmm. was a big one about accountability and communication. But the next job I had, which was the real catalyst for me on the, you know, getting on the journey that I'm on now to helping people was training soldiers, because you weren't just giving them military skills you were giving them social skills and life skills and be one place removed from actually instructing them directly as the toon commander you were actually coaching and leading the instructors to then show up the best that they could show up so it was interesting to create that culture and ask them lots of questions so coaching type questions so how would you do that differently what outcome were you trying to achieve there and and build up that um culture of asking questions and learning i've got so many questions <laughs> which is a good thing to ask <laughs> i remember the first time i was really well coached by a flight sergeant within the military and it wasn't until we got to the pub later because i was on a, a 12 month my adventure training instructors course that we reflected as a group of six of us going how how did they do that and obviously now i know how we did that do you remember the first time you were really well coached or really well questioned by somebody whether it was at the time you realized it was happening or it's on reflection now that you're doing what you do now that's a really good question i can't pinpoint a military example of that happening it wasn't until i was sort of on the other side of it and i thought hey this is really cool this is really working from doing it I actually received coaching and that I, I knew it worked for me. I was in a situation where I was confused about the relationship I was in. I was confused about the career I was in. I knew I liked these things, but how on earth did I piece it all together? And I went to coaching and I couldn't believe that the thing that came up more and more and more was actually the relationship I'd had with my parents. I was like, hang on, I, I've come to you for career and you know relationship decisions I'm not but it, it's because as you peel back those layers you realize more and I'm somebody who would have said even five years ago I'm self-aware and now I think well I still am self-aware but think how much I've learned in that amount of time and I've still probably got loads more to learn so it's a constant journey and a constant evolution peeling back those layers uh, but really well coached for me was actually the first time I experienced it was actually professional coaching, I suppose. Yeah. You, you've alluded to something that I was going to ask you next, which is before the military, because I, I, I listened to you say that you joined the military to be challenged as a leader. So so where did that come from? How did you identify as a leader before that? Because that's interesting, because 
we have in the past asked like where where does your leadership foundation start and and what was the building blocks so what was your building blocks and how did leadership show up early on for you that's a cool question I've never been asked that um the first time I really felt like I was a leader was I done the 10 tours challenge at school which is about um being self-sufficient for a weekend and navigating your way around Dartmoor which is you know no mean feat actually for teenagers and I again raise my take my hat off to those that continue to do it um and I was the team leader for that and I think that started my um interest into well how can I keep pushing myself further because that was quite mentally and physically demanding and I guess having a taste of that at that age made me think oh I could get more of that and push myself more in a military environment um yeah awesome I like that yeah good I like that so what sort of things are you getting involved in now for because obviously we're we're speaking to future focus leaders so what have you seen and we've had several conversations about the the evolution and the change of leadership and the the barriers and the responsibilities so what what have you seen over your time in all the areas that you've been involved with what what are you seeing now showing up that's future focus for leaders I think the deeper I get into this topic and working with people, it's really struck me um, two things. The first thing I mentioned, which is actually the relationship you have with yourself is super important. Um, And the other one is having a coaching type approach to how you lead. And everything is based on the context you're in. And I think there's a misnomer out there that if you're a military leader, you're a good leader well yeah in a military context you probably have had a lot of experience to become a good leader but doesn't mean you fit the next context that you're in and so I think there's something really profound about leaders being adaptable to the context they're in mm-hmm. so something I'm working on is with people it's, it's called the leadership pathway audit so I don't know if you've heard of Jahari's window before yeah, but explain to the audience that might not know what it is. So Jahari's window is uh, its a model. Uh, two psychologists put it together where if you look at it, it looks like a, a window of four panes. And the idea is that each of the boxes represents either something that you know about yourself and others know about you. So, for example, you know that um, I'm a coach and you know that I know that. Something that I know about myself but you might not know. I have a motorbike license. You didn't know that, but that's something. Now, the box that we're really concentrating on here is things that other people know about you that you don't know about yourself. And this is your blind spot. And this is the area of self-awareness that I think coaching, you know, has its place in and its value. Um, But also this leadership pathway audit, which is uh, a version of helping people discover what their team actually experience because Mm. leadership isn't necessarily a personality attribute or a trait or a skill set it's really actually how my team or the people that are following me experiencing my leadership it's not what something ought to be it's like what actually is it and that's what this is focusing on 
Do you know what? I, I was laughing when you were saying that because I always like the situation. It's only happened to me a couple of times, but I always remember speaking to people that has happened to them is when you ask people what's in your blind spot and then that silence of them trying to work it out. It's like, no, 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 you can't answer that question. It's got to be answered by other people because if, if it's in your blind spot, you're not aware of it, are you? Mm -hmm. and, and there's several tools. We've just built a, a TDL 360 as part of our tech offering to go into companies because again that is a tool to start giving more self-awareness of what's happening around you and, and that, it's so important isn't it to have that I, I put it and i've said it loads of times on the podcast that i love what i do because it's that self and situational awareness that you're giving people um what are some of the things that that can help people with like what have you seen the benefits of discovering what your blind spots are so I think it's really interesting to do this. And the, the thing I'd say is, first of all, it, it requires a bit of courage. 100%. To, <laughs> to really ask people what they actually think in a, in, a, in, a, in a safe way that allows for that honesty. Because um, a lot of the time people would say, well, can you give me some feedback? There's always going to be a uh, sort of... Um, shield on what they're saying just because of the relationship yeah. you have and it might be that you have that power dynamic something that was really interesting that came out for me from doing these um tools was um I apparently could come across as laid back and I thought that's not me <laughs> you know in my world in my head I am paddling hard and really really kind of busy and concentrating a lot of the time but apparently to others I come across as laid back um and so it was like a duck or like a swan, you know, paddling hard under the under the surface, but yeah, apparently yeah. looking fine above. And then this meant that I possibly was getting more work given to me because it looked mm. like I had the capacity, it looked like I could cope. And all the while I'm, I'm paddling harder and harder and harder. Um, and so when I actually asked some people, do you think I come across as laid back? And they all went, yes. I thought, wow, I didn't know that. That's something yeah. that is de was definitely in my blind spot. Um yeah, and some other things I think people are interesting a lot of the time is about how they communicate, because again, that communication is isn't doesn't matter what you intended to say. What matters is how it actually landed, and if you can see the person and it didn't land in the way you thought or hoped it would, perhaps you can ask them to recall back to you. What do you think I meant? What what has landed for you? Can we just get this clear? Make sure we're on the same page. Yeah, it's so important. I actually remember you reminding me about something. I gave some feedback on one of the courses in the military to an RAF pilot that really helped them in the future that I found out afterwards. And it was around blind spots. And I said about just be careful, don't overdo your strengths. And I was just, when you were saying then your strength is obviously the fact that you come across laid back and you're calm and there's a lot of stuff going behind the scenes. And it's one of the examples I give that somebody might be internally great at dealing with stuff, but you might, I might see you and think, Oh, lazy, you're, you're laid back and you're overdoing your strength. And this was a, a conversation we were having and a report I wrote on somebody that it really helped them in the future because it gave them the awareness of how are other people perceiving me? And and it was it's it's really impactful, isn't it? I can't sort of emphasize. There's loads of other stories I can give about blind spots and stuff like that. Um, and and we'll probably in this podcast we'll put a link to um Jahari's window in there as well. Um, so yeah. So with you, what sort of things? I know that you do a lot with military transitions, well, don't you? So 
I was really intrigued to say about your kind of moving on. How did you find that personally? Obviously, you're helping others now, but how did it feel for you? It was a real challenge. And it shocked me that it was a challenge. And I know there's a lot of stories out there uh, or examples you hear of, oh, it's really difficult to leave the military. People find it a struggle. But in your head, you might perceive that to be a veteran struggling and you might perceive that to be an older male, someone who's done a long time, someone who's been to war. Um, But actually, no matter how long you've been in a place and because I've done 10, 10 years now, Uh, it can still be difficult and I'm not saying it's just the military people that find it difficult to to transition any profession you might have poured your life into and now identify as and that's a big part of it is that a lot of my identity it was wrapped up in in the the military world I found it a challenge and I tried to leave in 2019-2020 and then Covid came along and it actually gave me a really good excuse or opportunity (laughs) which one of those is it (laughs) (laughs) yeah I mean I'm saying it's an opportunity probably at the time it wasn't it was a panic and an excuse just come back to the military and reassess and I used the time whilst I was still working to um, study for a postgraduate diploma in positive psychology coaching psychology and actually start coaching people and start building up my business soul path and start to um, network and find out more and more information about the world of leadership, leadership development and coaching. And then I created myself a plan and a path. I had coaching along the way and it now I'm at the place where it all kind of fits together. But if I look at myself now, sort of four years ago, I was very lost, very confused. And I knew I wanted out, but I just didn't know how to do it. And there's a m- really big emotional journey and identity journey that you go on and it's unpicking all of those layers again like an onion to find it so that's why I want to help other people because I get it It, it's confusing yeah I I know uh, my own personal experience was you know yeah you're right you reflect on it sometimes and you think you almost see yourself as an external person looking at what you were doing and I was really well prepared to leave um but I wasn't expecting what was waiting for me as such, but I had that internal drive to to do something about it. But I know what you mean. You've got to be, I, I say this quite a few times, you've got to be really selfish. You've got to put yourself first. Because again, in organizations, in not just the military, it is very focused on support, you having that um, comfort zone, if you like, after so many years. Um, how are you psychology and leadership where does it fit because when you said psychology i just thought well when people hear psychology they almost go oh i don't understand that so how do you sort of say to people how it fits alongside it and and how do you use it to move forward How, how do people need to start looking at psychology i think it's about being curious and it's about our behaviors so our behaviors are not who we are our behaviors are a manifestation of the stimulus that we see in the world and how we've learned to process them and then that sort of goes through our filters of our our identity and our values and our beliefs and then our environment and then out the other end pops our behaviors but that's not really who we are because that can actually 
change dramatically. And then you think, well, how long does it take someone to change? Well, in theory, someone could change in an instant. They have the choice, the autonomy to do something different. It's just that they'll continue to do the patterns of behavior because that's that's worked for them. That's their strategy. And so for me, psychology and leadership, psychology doesn't have to be a kind of overwhelming word. It's just, it's being curious. It's like, I'm open to learning. I'm open to seeing you in a different way. I'm open to seeing you in relation to myself and my filters of the world. I love that. And again, it's that changing the language, isn't it? They don't think of it as psychology. Uh, I, I like that. Think of it as being curious. I like that reframe. I like so. We've got a minute left. We've got a minute left. It goes so quick. <laughs> um, how do you find time to learn and develop and keep moving forwards? Because I know with listeners, that's one of the key barriers, isn't it? Where do I find the time? So where do you find the time to take that time out to learn, develop, future focused? I think everything in time management, of which I'm terrible, um, is <laughs> about start. making it important enough. Making it important yeah. So it's actually, is this, is this important to me? And if it is, you will make the time for it. Yeah. And again, uh, yeah, you're right. And, and valuing, isn't it? And seeing the, the added value on top of that about doing something different. I love that. Excellent. That's 20 minutes. Thank you so much for your time today. I'm going to put all your links and connections below for people to go and check you out. Um, thank you so much. We are going to continue to stay connected and, um, we have a catch up, proper catch up after this as well. So thank you so much. Um, ladies and gents, if you enjoyed that, make sure you tell us the bit that you can resonate with, that you took a value from. Um, make sure you, if you're watching us on the YouTube channel, make sure you hit subscribe. Um, it helps. We're nearly on recording this at 300 subscribers, I think. Um, and if you're listening to us, walking along, doing the dishes, working out, um, I get lots of messages saying how how what people are doing when they're listening to the podcast. Make sure you follow and pass it on to somebody that might help in their leadership journey. Katie, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. That's okay. And ladies and gents, we'll see you all next week. Take care. Bye.